Well, whether or not Santa's real, it's just nice to have something to believe in. Did you just say whether or not Santa's real? You don't believe in Santa Claus, do you? No. <laughs> do I wish Santa was real? I mean, yeah. Santa's not real, Winston. Shut up, stupid. <laughs> you're a dummy. You're those... So... And... I don't even... Like, you're the... Okay. Oh, here we go. You know what? what? Look who's talking. You're the same guy who only eats mayonnaise on game days. Well, that's how you make the Chicago Bears win. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast. I'm Chris. That's Brian. Hey! That's John. Hi. And today we're going to watch and review a random Christmas episode to determine whether or not it's a Christmas classic. How does that sound? Yay! We've we've done we've done that before. Yes. <laughs> so does it sound okay to do again? I consent. Yeah. I mean, you're here. You might as you might as well do it. It's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> this is episode twelve of twenty. As we try and figure out if there are any diamonds to be found in the rough, rough sands of Christmas television, how is everyone's Christmas spirit? holding up on today, December 9th. Doing great, you know, and you got a real cheer in you, Chris. You're really trying to beat them Monday blues with a Christmas cheer. You're doing a great job of it, bud. You know, I just want to make sure that if people are starting out their week with our podcast, that we're not coming in low or half or whatever. We're coming in full, full of Christmas spirit, you know. I've so rarely came in full of anything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's full of that bullshit. Oh. Uh, hey, Chris, quick sound check kind of thing. Can we get more energy in John's audio? <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, sprinkle the tinsel toe. It's uh, just auto-tune his whole file. Fix it. Fix it in po- Please. Uh, fix it in post. <laughs> also, I'm going to self-correct and acknowledge that tinsel toe is not a thing. But everyone no. knew what I meant. Yeah, tinsel, yeah just hit me, hit me with that tinsel filter. Yes. Outsource my audio to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. It's uh, better. It's worse. Conflicting consensus. You yeah. decide. Well, let's just dive right in and talk about the episode we watched for today, because I know I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are excited about it. Oh, heck yeah, brother. It's so relatable, man. Yes, and I can't wait for us to get into why it is so relatable. That Nick Miller is so dreamy. He sure is. He's he's like all of us if we were Hollywood good looking. <laughs> is he is he Hollywood good looking? He's not Hollywood bad looking. He no no no. Jake Miller is a handsome man. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But is he Hollywood good looking? Keeps on getting parts where girls want to bone him. He's got that scruff. Okay. He's in that new Kobe Smolder show that may or may not be canceled at this point. What? He is the yeah. He's already it's pre canceled. <laughs> He's he's the poorest man's Wait. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, All Brian, right. it already came and went, and you didn't even realize it. I didn't. I'm looking it up now. It premiered in the fall, and it's maybe already canceled. <laughs> it has it has about the worst commercials I've ever seen, and they just like jackhammer those boys during college football games. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're bad. <laughs> the character, <laughs> like they like make like a because it's a Fox show. Or an ABC show? ABC, ABC yeah. And they just, like, just pound, like, a, a, like her making fun of a guy for doing, like, a Stolen Valor thing. And it's like, what the, f- like, who are you appealing to? <laughs> like, like, what is the, who is this show for? Stumptown on ABC. You know, it's for Nick Miller stands. Which there are probably a fair number of. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what movie ruined his career, but it was probably something bad. Well, Mummy didn't help. <laughs> That'll do it. There it is. God damn it. We don't talk about that one. 
<laughs> it's okay. He'll just he'll just go on continuing to do that one guy's mumblecore movies forever and ever. Oh, uh, John, whatever. Uh, John, yeah, John something. The guy from the league. Uh, no, no, no. That's Mark Duplass. But I do believe this other guy. He he did the one. It's like Jake Johnson and Olivia Wilde and Drinking Buddies. Whoever did oh, Drinking Buddies? Oh, that movie. Yeah, that movie fucking slaps. No, that movie sucks. But fuck you. That movie, uh, I like that movie. Mill. You can watch like it once and be fine. I like I like mumblecore movies because I'm pretentious. Why is it called mumblecore? Because it's supposed to be like real conversations. Yeah, but they don't mumble. Well, like they kind of do because when you're really talking, you do shit like I just did, where you like stammer and like stumble over your words trying to find them. It's more real, Brian. It's like the last ten minutes of our podcast. <laughs> we perfect mumblecore. <laughs> Chris, put it on the put it on the bio. I would say that's not so much mumblecore as it is. Well, no, what I was going to say was too generous. So anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about Stumptown. We're not here to talk about mumblecore, although kind of, I guess. We're here to talk about the Christmas episode we watched for today. And we're going to tell you what that is right now, which is... Santa from New Girl. And this is the 11th episode of Season 2, and it originally aired on December 11th, 2012. You can find it streaming on Netflix if you'd like to watch it for yourself. Now, can we clear something out before we talk about New Girl? If we must. Yeah, I just have a quick question. And it's just, who's that girl? It's Brian. Uh... <laughs> Everyone <laughs> <Nope>. knows it's <laughs> Brian. <laughs> wait, wait. Not to say that Brian's a girl that's just, you know, we were joking about it earlier because Brian came late into the call to record the podcast. Who's that girl? It's Brian. Girl? Oh, come on. <laughs> Fine, it's Jess. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is it, Jess. It was, Jess. It was America's brief sweetheart when everyone was quirky and awkward. Jess. Still is quirky and awkward. Not America's sweetheart anymore. Really got sick of her. <laughs> I have not yet. Collectively as a society, we... I still love her Christmas album with M. Ward. No, that Christmas album is bad. I got that thinking it'd be good. And then I was like, oh, no. What? What's bad about it? It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Much like her comedic chops, her musical chops are just fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't completely I don't, adequate. <laughs> next thing you're gonna tell me is you don't like Mariah Carey's Christmas music. And if that's the that case, is, you can get the hell out. No, sir, I wouldn't do that. Sir, you are But the fact that you're, you're equating them is yeah, ridiculous. That is <laughs> too much? that is that offends me. <laughs> too much? That is like defending alcohol when by comparing like bush light to a scotch. You know what the problem is, Brian, is you don't even believe that. You don't even believe that. <laughs> I'd like to see you prove that in a court of law. Well, if Nick Miller was the lawyer, that'd be hard to do. <laughs> He's just a writer, Chris. He's just a very a writer. poor writer. <laughs> just, he wishes he had a checking account. He went to law school. Oh, yeah. I aspire to be Nick Miller for longer than I care to admit. Dude, I think all of us did. Yeah, not necessarily either, too. Like, the affable, like, you know, honest, kind of charming guy. Like, I wanted to go to law school to drop out of it. Dude, I think America wanted to be Nick Miller because he got Hollywood average looking, which by that means if you walked into a bar, every girl would fall over and then crawl to him and try to sleep with him. But, like, he projects as, like, average looking and then is, like, making out with America's 
former sweetheart Zoe Deschanel. And Olivia Munn. Yeah, fine. And Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, man, Aaron Rodgers' ex-girlfriend looked great in this. She sure did. Yeah, but like like every fucking weird dude, every non-Burrowy dude was like, Zoe Deschanel is my celebrity crush. Like in 2000, whenever this came out. So true. <laughs> so, well, that's, yeah, yeah. That was, the, that was all of us, and we all know it. We all know it. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't tell, we are very, we got a lot to say about this episode. So to help you follow along, we're going to give you a little taste of what happened. So as Christmas approaches, the roommates realize they only have one night left together before they part ways. They decide to hit as many Christmas parties as they can in one night. Jess, Schmidt, Nick, Winston, Cece, and Nick's girlfriend Angie, also known as Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, Olivia Munn. Ex. Ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend, excuse me. I don't know why up... I care about that so much. I'm married. As a Wisconsinite, she must be referred to only as Aaron Rodgers' ex-girlfriend. Does Wisconsin hate her? now because oh yes they're they they hated her so much yes they hated her because she was vocal <laughs> and like would express why we sucked so we hated her immediately she mostly just was she was mostly stoked about meat and cheese she was distracting aaron from playing the football good and that's just no good for us here danica patrick understands danica patrick's the right kind of woman i've never heard her speak but i have seen her in a bikini for a commercial wisconsin Oh, what a great, magical state. Anyway, they all embark on a journey to three Christmas parties. A lesbian cookie decorating party, which is their description, not mine, an overly modern soiree, and Winston's radio station work party. While on their adventure, they run into Jess's ex, Sam, who wants her back, and Nick is trying to prove to his girlfriend that he can handle the fact that she's a stripper. While Jess has a hard time believing Sam's intentions are pure, an encounter with a man who is probably not Santa convinces her to take the crew to the hospital where he works. After some truly awful caroling, Sam and Jess kiss and make up, and Nick and Angie go have sex in a closet. Or an empty patient's room. Still probably, like, either way, bed's way too small to make it to make it happen. That's true, too. You know? That's, yeah. They're, yeah. They're working around some obstacles. Real quick, quick note. Sam is played by David Walton, who is Hollywood hot. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. What? Uh, you guys think, do you think he's more attractive than Jake Johnson? Aesthetically, yes. No. I think, yeah, like, in terms of raw aesthetics, like, Jake yeah. Johnson is inherently more charming. Hey, guys, want to hear straight oh, yeah. guys talk about how hot other guys are? A subject we probably don't know much about. Sexuality is a spectrum, man. Just lots of talking about dudes. Talking about dudes with John, Brad, and Chris. That's actually the spring podcast. <laughs> yeah, man, get ready. <laughs> Just a lot of us talking about network TV dudes. No, but, like, I think that guy's probably, like, conventionally better-looking dude. Right. Right. And But, like, Jake Johnson's got the fucking, like, He's, he's rocking the dad bod before that t- term was coined. And he's got the like, the scruff. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's got the, he's, I don't care masculine. I Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from his voice, which I think can be very uh, gruff, yet childish at the same time. It's just there's a point in New Girl, not this episode, but another one where he goes, I can't do it, Jess. I got to make a drink a coal miner would want to have. And I just thought that that's a. V- I lost my point, and I got very uncomfortable really quickly for some reason. 
<laughs> it's all right. You're a, you're allowed to have a crush. Everyone just heard Brian run into a mental wall, and that was a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, like I was like when I was like watching this, what I think like drew everyone to the show back then was everyone's collective crush on Zoe Deschanel and her bangs, and then they were like, oh man. This is Nick Miller, fucking charming character. Wonder who this actor is, because he's he is literally like I said, like what all of us or what Brian said to like what all of us want to be. All of us average fuckers want to grow up to be that guy. Yeah, bone a couple strippers. Well, what I think is really nice about jumping in in this episode at the time we are is that by the second season they really have this show pretty well fine tuned. That they have. You know, it was so focused on Zoe Deschanel in the beginning and really to its detriment because it was just too much of her quirkiness. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, but what about these other talented actors we have around her? And what if we more evenly distributed the storylines and the yucks? And so you get you get Nick Miller sudden be- suddenly becoming this cultural icon. You get Schmidt, who I think Max Greenfield, also a very funny actor. He was doing great work and just like small guest roles for years before landing this and just shines so much and then you know you have winston who they still took another two seasons to figure out what to do with because his entire plot line here (laughs) revolves around him having a cranberry stuck in his ear and then he doesn't he's so underrated though and you can just see where his chops really kind of come through in this episode i don't know about other episodes this season but like he's just he's Winston's awesome. I I think it's very nice to have a character who's just full on hardcore goofy. That's like even normalizes Jess's behaviors or like mm-hmm. I guess she's maybe the straight character thinking about it cuz they're all No, extra I think Nick weird. Miller's I think Nick Miller's the straight character and then everybody He doesn't else he it. doesn't have money. He he can't afford to eat food. <laughs> well, Schmidt Schmidt is also. I mean, the problem is they're all I mean She's definitely not the straight character, she, but who is supposed to be? I mean, really, Cece to some extent is I guess, yeah. is the most like even keeled. I have described myself using a new girl line that is a uh, a good old Nick Miller that I am Coney Island fat strong. <laughs> <laughs> I think this show is just a perfect culmination for a sitcom of a couple of things and one is writing the other is good acting i think it's just got both of those things where like other shows like how i met your mother uh or other sitcoms that we've covered so far just like didn't have you know i think frazier was lacking in some writing i think home improvement had a good cast and good writing full house was lacking in some things you know but like with this one there's just a lot of little devils in the details which i loved like when Nick Miller was trying to say how cool he was with having a stripper girlfriend and like Olivia Munn just like calmly, like quietly says, you look like you're sweating a little bit. That made me crack up, (laughs) right? Like they, they got these really good jokes that aren't too highlighted that I think are awesome. Like the whole start of the radio act. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think going back, to Nick and Olivia Munn's interactions. I I think for me, the one that I really enjoyed because it is kind of a very natural thing of you're getting into a sexy situation with someone and you're trying to be sexy, 
but it's just very awkward. And so he's trying to get her to go have sex in the sleigh at the second party. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take your toys up in the <laughs> sleigh up in the air. Yeah. It's it, it is. It's, it's like legitimately. <laughs> and it's so relatable, though, because like if you've ever like dated or hooked up with a girl who's like way more sexually aggressive than you, that is exactly every moment of it. Of just like, I don't. I'm not smart, and I don't know how to keep up. <laughs> just, just like, I don't know what ha- what's happening, but okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. For, that is, like, one of the most terrifying things, because you're like... I am not okay with this. <laughs> hey, baby! It's, it's not even that you're not okay with it. It's just, like, for me, it's always, it's always been like, uh, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> it's like do the slow something? motion of Scott Pilgrim on his first fight. What do I do? <laughs> yes, except no one's there to yell at me from the balcony to tell me. <laughs> do you want us to be there for you to yell at you from the balcony? I can be. We safe. can, Chris. I can sometimes. be. Sometimes. Sometimes. I listen, Chris. I don't got a lot going on in the weekends. Just like get me a bottle of Makers and I'll just hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Now, our listeners might be a little surprised to learn that, for some of us, this episode was a little more relatable than it was for others. John, would you like to talk about that at all? I'm, yeah, sure, man. I, like, I've dated a girl who was a stripper before I dated her, and then I dated a girl, and then we broke up and she became a stripper, but we like were still kind of involved with each other for a while, so I've dated, dated some strippers. And how did you find the portrayal of this relationship? <laughs> uh, if I was a goober, probably accurate. But I don't, I don't care. I could not have imagined caring. Oh, but ladies, <laughs> John's no goober. Sup? <laughs> I'm single. I'll buy you like a thing for Christmas. I don't know what. John, hit us with your best pickup line, incorporating this podcast. Hi, I hope you're good at conversations because I'm insufferable. I'm a white guy with a podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah. No, but like, I don't, I don't know. Like it just, to be like, how much does your like work come up with someone you're dating where it's like a defining character trait? I think she should have been like a little more offended that he kept on being like my stripper girlfriend or whatever, right. but it's, it's a comedy show, whatever, man. He does get called out on that pretty quickly, though, too. Where they're like, by Jess, not Olivia Munn. Well, she kind of calls him out on it too in the fight they had, like a little bit. She very much should. Who kind of highlight the stripperness of it? Maybe because I was like less involved with the girl who is currently a stripper. I guess relatively fun to ask questions. One time she got a toaster oven from a guy. That's cool. We had pizza. <laughs> Those sound like some fun perks. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the most relatable things about this episode uh, was the idea that, hey, we're going to we're, we're working. We're going to get drunk and have a good time because I'm not unconvinced that they weren't drunk as they were doing some of these parties. And it was a good time. Well, yeah, that's kind of where the episode culminates is in the fact that Jess has to be driving the car. Everyone else is drunk AF. And uh... sorry, you misheard me. I think as actors. They started drinking while doing this episode, which makes it more fun. It had a really cool, loose vibe. Yeah, I think they just have fun working together because every episode kind of gets wacky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is is one of the last real, what they like to call, hangout shows. In the vein of 
you know, people consider Friends a hangout show and Happy Endings was a hangout show. And we don't really have as much of that on TV anymore because everything is so plot driven. You know, we don't have these very or it's very family oriented sitcoms or something. You don't have this kind of people in their mid 20s, early 30s, just kind of figuring out their life that, that doesn't exist as much anymore. And this does such a nice job highlighting what that feeling is of like, you know, I recently heard someone talking about friends and that the original pitch for the show is it's the time in your life where your friends are your family. And this show, I think, does a good job exemplifying that philosophy as well. Why doesn't that pitch explain why friends sucks? (laughs) Because it was 30 years ago, so (laughs) some stuff doesn't hold up as well. It probably sucked 30 years ago. Some people did hate it 30 years ago, but they probably hated it for the same reason people didn't like this show. If you hated it 30 years ago, come come find me in a not creepy way, and I'll firmly shake your hand <laughs> and be like, hey, good job. Is this like the show that like made everyone kind of like turn on Zoe Deschanel? Did it just like go on too long or like? Was it just like general oversaturation of adorableness? I, I think it was an oversaturation because this show came out so soon after 500 Days of Summer. And again, that movie had, you know, she was one of the star, one of the two stars in that movie. So there was a lot of her in it. And then again, that first half of the first season of this show is just so much about her and just such an exemplification of her. Like she's so overexposed in that, that... I think it's part of the... I mean, the show still ran for seven seasons, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think everyone disliked her until, like... Or, like, was sick of her until, like, the end. What were you hearing about people being sick of her? I, she just, like, faded away, because, like, I think everyone was just like, oh, that... F-. Like, I know there was just some backlash towards adorableness, because maybe we moved to, like, a more cynical part of the world where everyone became sad Twitter people. I don't know. I was really busy not paying attention to the world and being a sad person during those times, I guess. But, like, maybe just, like, the tone of the show got off or something. But, like, I just remember the show being, like, everyone loves it. It's awesome. And then everyone being, like, ugh, this show. Or at least the people around me, maybe. This is her last IMDb credit. Maybe she just, like, hates acting now. Just wants to make bad folk music. Well, I think this project, too, is tailored so specifically towards her and her personality that... It's like, how do you get away from that typecasting and, like, not play this same character over and over again, who is essentially you to a certain extent? She kind of, like, I don't think I've ever seen her not play either a manic pixie dream girl or this character. That's, like, that's her range. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, (laughs) like, that's not, again, she clearly doesn't have a lot of credit, so, like, she didn't try to go out of it, but, like, I don't know. That's, I guess, all we know her for. And just being cuter than a little button. Well, right. And how long does that that last you in Hollywood? Which I'm not saying there's anything right about that, but... I think she's, like, older than we think in this, too. And, like, in life. Well, (laughs) She's 38. Oh, is she? Yeah. My bad. Might be. I thought she was, like, I thought she was, like, mid-30s when this came out. I mean, again, I mean, late, late 20s. I mean, it's 10 years ago, almost. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hmm. you know who didn't, you know who didn't age. Nick, Miller. Jake Johnson. Yeah, Nick, still a delight. He's got the Seth Rogen problem where he looked old to begin with, and now he's just <laughs> kind of like caught up where where his age was 
supposed to be, it seemed like. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want a movie with both of them in it now. I think that'd be fun. Oh, I think that'd be I think that'd be a delight for sure. <laughs> but like, I want it to be a stoner comedy where nothing actually occurs. Oh, it's I mean, just, of course. Just, just two very likable guys smoking weed, asking each other about their days. That would be nice. Yeah. With the uh, <laughs> patented Seth Rogen laugh. Brian, are you going to try the patented Seth Rogen oh, laugh? Oh no, or? sorry. No, oh. absolutely not. Then what are you bringing it up for? <laughs> My God. I I don't even know where to start with that. By the way, guys, the movie we just described, Mumblecore. <laughs> Shit. I was not participating in that conversation. <laughs> well, it all comes back. It his, all comes si- back. his silence was a yes. Mm. Did you guys like Black Santa in this? Okay. I yeah. thought that bit was great. I liked yeah. that a lot. Did you? I was wondering, is it racist to just assume a black man with a beard is Santa? He looked a lot like a Santa, though. No, because Winston Winston said it, and if that's if Winston says it, I'm okay with it. I think they all said it. I think they were all like, "Oh, it was Santa." <laughs> yeah, but Winston, no, oh, fuck it. I did like it's it's nice. It's a nice. I mean, it is just a nice Christmas episode. You know, one thing I was thinking about after watching is like. This episode is a Christmas cookie, you know? It's it's sweet, it's sugary, it's a little hyper, it's very festive. It's just got all the good stuff about the holidays that you want in it. Yeah. Oh, for, dude, this, it's uh, super well-themed. It's just strong. Strong, has a little little something for everybody that is specifically our age and watch The New Girl, <laughs> but yeah. whatever. No, I disagree. I think it's something for everybody is going to a Christmas party you don't really want to be at and trying to figure out how long you have to stay before you can Irish goodbye. Okay, that brings me to two things I want to talk about. First being, of the three Christmas parties, which one would you guys most want to attend? Oh, the second one. Am I am I dieting still in this scenario? <laughs> no, it's the holidays. Cookies. Hardcore cookie one. Give me <laughs> that lesbian cookie one. I, I have to go with Brian. I also, for whatever reason, would want to go to the fancy one. The radio station one just seems too awkward to be fun. You know how poorly I do in scenarios like that. <laughs> like the fancy one. Here's the thing. I don't think it was necessarily a fancy party. I think it just looked like the most casual party. I think at the cookie one, there were some folks just kind of like standing around a little too much. Like, I think I would stay a good amount of time at the fancy second party. Oh, actually, no, second one. Free expensive bourbon and scotch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get blackout drunk. I think to your initial hesitation, I think the first the, the first one and the third one just too intimate to be comfortable where I could really get lost in the crowd of the second one. You can properly Irish goodbye. Well, okay, so that's part two. How do we feel about the Irish goodbyes? I do that a lot, and I don't call it an Irish goodbye. I call it I have really bad social anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so I just leave. I don't I don't always do great under no pressure. Uh, April and I at the beginning of the year were at one of her work barbecues to like kick the year off and nobody cared that we were there or that we were going to leave and we were gonna Irish goodbye him. but on our way out, she ran into somebody that we knew and we started saying, oh yeah, hey, we're gonna head out. And again, there was no pressure being thrown my way which is why I don't handle situations that aren't under pressure well. Because I immediately said, yeah, and our dog got sick yesterday morning, so we got to go back and hang out and make sure that the dog's okay. He didn't give a shit. 
Oh, I was gonna say, and that was a lie, or <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was not. It was the truth. But at the same time, it's also an awful, awful excuse to leave a party. The dog being sick yesterday doesn't really <laughs> affect you the next day. And the first thing he said was, "Oh, well, my wife's a vet tech." Oh boy! <laughs> I was like, "Oh God!" Literally the worst thing he could have said to you. <laughs> and then, uh, and then April said. You look like you're sweating a bit. <laughs> you're just like, I'm totally fine having a sick dog. Totally fine with it. You gotta go home. Go to yeah, the car. Go to the car. The Irish goodbye, I think, especially for Christmas parties, if we're just talking about Christmas parties, I think, to your example, Brian, I think that's a perfectly fine example of when it's okay to Irish goodbye. I think, you know, big parties that you're kind of just invited to yeah. for a work thing, expected to be there, more or less. If you just want to leave without saying goodbye no one's gonna care when you get into more intimate friend and family parties that's when things get a little stickier i think you probably shouldn't irish goodbye your your mom like don't irish goodbye your mom but everyone else is fair game i was gonna irish goodbye the eccles family christmas party but then the dude got stabbed so i decided to stick around for a bit (laughs) (laughs) You can still Irish goodbye that one until the cops wonder why you left. <laughs> you Irish goodbye and have stopped and someone asks, like, oh, where do you got to go? You just say, I don't want to be here. And then it's fine. <laughs> it works great. <laughs> I don't like these people. Bye. The running joke in our family now is, well, the dog threw up yesterday morning. So we have to go. <laughs> It's funnier in this household. Jesus. I No, I laugh. I let you fucking laugh. Uh, <laughs> I was pity laughing. Uh, <laughs> no, I I like it. I I like that bit. It's a good bit for you, for you and for you and the missus. Not a great bit for Martha, who deserves no. dignity and respect. But <laughs> yeah, especially and how shitty are you going to feel when something does happen to that dog and you've been using it as an excuse all these years? Yeah, that's true. I'm not Matt Walsh and Veep who did just made up a dog from nothing but uh i see your point you're the uh you're the boy who cried dog puke dog puke sure am. the other thing that i really enjoyed about this episode especially in comparison to episodes that we've watched is that this episode has a ton going on in it because every character has their own plot associated with them they're going to all these different places and yet in this 22 minute episode it handles it so much better than any other show we've watched. You get a real good sense of what's been happening that season and what's been leading you up to that point. It's all very like clearly laid out for you. It's nothing's over on top of the other thing. No character's offensively bad either, which mm-hmm. is like Oh yeah. No no character's an eye roll. No character like does an eye roll worthy thing where it's like hey, like you like the most like I guess like potentially spooky one for like as far as like the modern lens would be like Oh man, he kissed that girl without her like really like getting her to be okay with that, and then she's he's like she's like hey leave me alone and he's like okay, okay. I understand <laughs> yeah yeah okay. like, all right that's fair I will say that the CC had the least to do in this episode but this is also the season where they gave her like the worst overall plot where it was like oh I'm gonna try and get arranged married and that just like her character doesn't really like coalesce with everyone until later seasons yeah and it's like a kind of like a weird thing for a character to do too 
like isn't it doesn't it just like get introduced like she's at a wedding and she's like boy this seems nice no what what happens is she goes to a fertility doctor and finds out that uh she doesn't have as many eggs left as she probably should and so she's like shit clock's ticking freeze freeze those boys live your life explore the world yeah don't get arranged married unless you are really into that part of your culture then do it the do what the fuck you want i guess i don't know bone schmidt just bone schmidt they do get there they get there eventually do they get there in the end oh yeah in the end yeah for anyone that didn't watch they do end up getting married they have a kid she's great as far as child actors goes she's very clearly a child actor but uh also like not grading which is big thumbs up better than every child on full house (laughs) and the one kid on er Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so true. And the Doctor Who kid. We hate child actors here. Stop oh, yeah. using your kid for stop using your kids for sag cards. Oh man. All child actors should be CG. It's twenty nineteen. I can't wait till we have kids and we start a podcast reviewing their school productions. <laughs> Chris is gonna yeah, be so harsh shit, on wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> really weak performances all around. <laughs> my my kid is going to be like me just a real son of a bitch going off script because i did that i did that in the school play <laughs> okay well i think it is about time that we give our final <laughs> judgments on this one we have three ratings on this podcast for how we classify what we thought of the episode one christmas classic two pair of socks and three a lump of coal who wants to start Christmas classic, man. It had everything. It was funny, it was Christmassy, and it had a good resolution. It's a Christmas classic. It has multiple American sweethearts, and like it's just everyone everyone's a gosh darn delight. And it warmed the bitter, bitter cockles of my heart. I was worried you weren't gonna use the word cockles. <laughs> Always gonna use cockles. Always gonna use cockle. Cockles. Guess you gotta pay him that five bucks, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the cockle money. So Here's the thing. Oh, fuck. Fucking hell. God damn it. No, guys, come on. It's a Christmas classic. Of course it is. Yeah. See, now I don't trust you. I feel like we peer pressured you. (laughs) No. I think here's, here's my reasoning for it is that I could see this episode. This episode could be a Hallmark movie. This episode is probably the plot of a hallmark christmas movie somewhere that exists in the universe and if it's not it should be except this is better because instead of watching two hours with commercials with some actors that you're like okay they're fine you get 22 minutes of really condensed punchy comedy with some romance some christmas spirit and lots of nice comedy by well-acted people so yeah yeah and it's like, and it's better than a Hallmark movie because it has a sex-positive B-plot about a stripper. So <laughs> That is one of my favorite parts of the episode, the round-robin lap dance where Nick tries to give Olivia Munn a lap dance very poorly. She shows him how to do it, and then Schmidt comes in and starts... You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> eye contact. Eye contact. Eye contact. I did really like, I also did really appreciate gum, boobs, yeah <laughs> she's like doing that for a person she's met like four times that's a winner i that and also the the male 
character's reaction to it where they just they just hold on that shot for so long of them looking coming back leaving dipping back into the frame like that whole little sequence is delightful winston winston had the best one there the the like the slow the slow sneak yeah right at the end pops in and out yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I do also like that this episode maybe gave us a new sign off. Not, not, not to, not to kill a classic, but uh, boobs. Schmitz, no. Yeah, gum, <laughs> boobs, boobs. <laughs> Christmas. Uh, no, I believe it was Schmidt who said, "We're all gonna die alone and Merry Christmas." At the very beginning <laughs> of the episode. No, yeah. no, it was Jess that said, "I'm gonna die alone and Merry Christmas." Oh, that's right. Because yeah. she was sad. Yeah, because it made me think it was a play on words that she was marrying Christmas, and that was her relationship she cared about at this time of the year. Oh. Hey, hey, hey Chris, what's the what's the name of that character who said that line? Jess? It's Jess. Come on. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. Come on. Fuck on. <laughs> you set it up, and I just whiffed the spike. Ugh. John, you proposed the question odd. It's, who's yes. that girl? Oh yeah, I could have. I could have straight up. Who's that girl? Oh. Yeah, who's that girl? It's Jess. It's Jess. Strong intro. Strong <laughs> intro. We're grading on intros. Probably like second, second, second on the intros. Wait, what was the first intro again? ER is the only good part of ERs. The, <laughs> the intro. intro. Yes, oh, the... <laughs> yes, you are correct. Yes, <laughs> that's really good. That if that doesn't. That intro doesn't make you think it's 1994. I don't know what to do with you. Nope, that was Mario Brothers. I know the ER episode was a couple days ago, but can we just talk about how much that intro loved to tell you that ER is in the word emergency? <laughs> really? It did. It really, just had to, really had to remind you. Really brought it home. I'm sure Michael Crichton is the one who thought of that. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, good sir. Can you do? Can we have someone do the Mario Brothers theme over the ER intro? Please and thank you. That's your. That's your do it on Twitter project. Which 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 Mario theme? Original the one or like sing, the Super one Chris Mario? was singing, which I think was original. Yeah, do, the do. world. Well, no, that's not World One. World One no. One. One one yeah, yeah okay it is one one yeah, yeah yeah unless you want to do world one two actually actually one two would maybe be better with Christmas, uh, Christmas Christmas the palette the color palette matches better no that's just for the I want the ER visuals but with the really happy music yes then end with an it's Jess. <laughs> uh too good too good <laughs> that'll that's a youtube video with 40 views right there for you yes. oh yeah monetize it hashtag get that get that niche entertainment value just like this podcast title it title it a question about digimon and make your youtube channel something about jeremy renner there you go I did it all for you. Jeremy. No, 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 no. The video is titled Jeremy Renner Digimon? Question <laughs> mark. The title is Chris. Is Jeremy Renner in Digimon? <laughs> and then the thumbnail. The thumbnail is Chris with his arms up like, I don't know. But then there's a superimposed head of Jeremy Renner over Agumon. 
I'll I'll provide the picture on our social media feeds of me and you. <laughs> Do what you who's want. That, who's that girl? It's Jem. <laughs> this is this character from the town. I'm glad you guys are having fun. This is how uh, we like to celebrate white Anglo-Saxon winter po- privilege night. <laughs> well, that does it for New Girl. Who wants to know what we're going to watch for the next episode? Ooh, am I going to hate it? Maybe. I do. Oh, well, let's, let's find out. Well, do you guys like web series from the late aughts that were filmed like The Office? Because if so, you'll like Finals from a show called Dorm Life, which you can find on YouTube. I hate The Office so much. <laughs> but do you like mockumentary-style television programs? You have seen me drunk watch the entirety of American Vandal, Vandal instead of sleep. So, yes. Oh, that is true. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, then you might like this. Who knows? This is a little bit of a weird one. This is a pretty, again, niche, niche show if you've never heard of it. You might need to search a little bit, even on YouTube, even though it exists there. But Dorm Life Finals should should get you, get you there. It is the last episode of season one of this show so they had 46 episodes yes they did but this one is only 15 minutes and most of the first season episodes i think are only five minutes so this was a little bit longer because it was a season this is their movie length finale yes precisely cool awesome into it well you guys know all the other stuff rate review subscribe if you've done it already thanks so much that that honestly does help a ton just helping to promote our podcast is is through word of mouth like that um otherwise we got the social channels we got the website we got all the other stuff you know where to find us you know what to do we're around we're hoping you're having a good holiday season and uh that your christmas preparations are not getting too stressful and that we're we're just providing a little little bit of fun for you as as you're trying to make your way through it yeah 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 man we're just just here to help and maybe yeah. you can help John's mom by saying nice things about him. <laughs> yeah, man. We're Please like, do. you know, when we get when we get on these rough patch with network sitcoms where we're really digging for bits, she she needs she needs a validation. I'm doing okay. She gets worried, you know. She's like, eh, seen better performances out of him. Then I get a, then I get a weird email from my mom, but I'm not good at podcasting. It's a lot. It's a lot, guys. That's positive. And that's reviews. an email no one ever wants to receive from their mother. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. It's a real bad one. Yeah. It's no fun. No fun. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, until next time, I've been Chris. No, oh, oh, I'm John. And I'm Brian. I got to go se- I got. I went second this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're changing stuff up. We can, we can still be fresh. <laughs> Intro's new. Closing's new. The town yeah, is it. still the town. Clude's probably still great. You'll never know unless you check our socials to give us money somehow. And then, oh, <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, Merry Christmas. I'm going to die alone, but I'm glad you're alive. We're I'm all, glad you're alive. We're all glad everyone's alive. I hope Brian's still alive after whatever the hell just happened there. <laughs> I, that was me. I punched my keyboard off this desk. Oh, well, oh, that, that sounds right. healthy. I'm an animated talker. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Uh, goodbye. Good, good night. Good night. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.